The Canadian Grain Commission is proposing to extend the time frame in which producers can exercise their right to dispute a primary elevator's grade and dockage assessment. The proposed changes are in response to feedback from producers, producer associations and elevator operators received during the recent Canada Grain Act review consultations. Remy Goslin is head of communications. Perhaps I can start by explaining what subject to inspectors grade and dockage is. So uh, when, when producers make deliveries to a licensed primary elevator in Western Canada, uh, their, grain, uh, their grain's quality and cleanliness is assessed for what we call grade and dockage. Uh, so grade and dockage uh, are used to establish the, the value, uh, the transactional value of grain, and uh, form uh, the basis for payment to producers. So uh, in many instances, uh, licensed primary elevators and producers don't always agree on the assessment of uh, grade and dockage on grain deliveries. So in the event of disputes, um, producers have the right to request subject to. Uh, and uh, in other words, uh, that the CGC provides binding determination on the grain's quality and cleanliness. Uh, so it's kind of a last-stop uh, shop in terms of uh, determining what the actual grade of uh, the grain delivery uh, might be. So what we're proposing here to do is to um, gather feedback from CGC licensees, producers, and farm groups on a regulatory proposal to make changes to subject two to reflect and really keep pace with the current um, and and uh, uh, operational realities of, of green handling and delivery. So more specifically, uh, what the proposal is meant to address as uh, current challenges with uh, subject two. So, so firstly, producers are rarely present nowadays when their grain is delivered to a licensed primary uh, elevator. Most of the time, uh, their grain is delivered by truckers who uh, haul and, and deliver grain into a licensed elevator system. And also, uh, the, the, the current regulations don't provide uh, the producer with an opportunity to dispute a grade and dockage assessment if they're not present at the time of delivery. And uh, also, uh, one of the, the concerns is that there aren't uh, adequate uh, or there isn't adequate guidance on, on uh, sample retention time uh, which would support producer access to binding determination after delivery. So we're proposing uh, to make some changes here that would support uh, some of those concerns. I guess this is one specific change. There's also a, a sort of a broader um, review going on as well. Yes, I mean, uh, there, there was a broader review earlier this year. Uh, there was a What We Heard report uh, that uh, was published. Uh, it was conducted by Agriculture and Agriculture Canada. Uh, and uh, really the, the government uh, gathered information about a bunch of CDC, CGC activities as well as the Canada Grain Act as a whole. So this is really a first response uh, to uh, some of the uh, concerns and uh, opinions that were raised as part of that consultation and review of the Act. That was Remy Goslin, Head of Communications for the Canadian Grain Commission. Most commodities saw a drop in production last year due to the drought. Mike Jubinville is a senior market analyst with Markets Farm. During his presentation at the Farm Forum event, he talked about the markets. Glendalee Allen Vossler walks us through some of the highlights from the oilseed market. He started out by talking about the fact that Canada produced the smallest canola crop in over 12 years. Now, when I'm constructing a supply-demand balance sheet on canola. Um, I've done something a bit reverse here. I, just because the supplies are so tight this year, 
uh, I've taken an ending stock. So what I think is be, be about the least amount we could have. And at the end of the marketing year, July 31st, you know, we still need about a month's worth supply to carry us through August before next year's production from 2022 starts to come online. So we essentially need at least, uh, I think, a million tons, maybe even just a little more for that month of August. So if that's my reference point to start with, uh, I start building from there and from exports. Uh, I think the maximum we could probably do this year is about four and a half million tons. We've already done about 2.4 million tons already, maybe have another million tons that has already been sold and in commercial position at the moment. So that leaves another one, one and a half million tons, I think, that uh, is still going to be left uh, to do for export business for this year. And this is an extremely small export program. We're having something we haven't seen in a, in a very long time, obviously. Uh, I think there shouldn't be any problem, even with any um, hiccups we do have in rail logistics this year to satisfy the rest of that program. In fact, I think we're probably going to import a little bit of canola this year. You know, we did see that at the uh, summertime uh, just past summer where we had some um, eastern crushers, canola crushers in Ontario and Quebec. Uh, brought in some Ukrainian rapeseed to to fill the gap because of the shortfall of Canadian supply. I think we'll probably see some of that from Ukraine again in the coming year. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, maybe we can see some Australian supply come on the east side of the, of the country as well, just because that's basically how tight it is. But our export program, very small this year. In terms of crush, uh, this is uh, the area where demand has the least ability to contract. And that's for the most part, because of the downstream users, the food processors and such have contracts with the crushers throughout North America to deliver product on. So they're still going to be crushing as much as they potentially can. But even there, you know, instead of the 10 plus million tons of crush that we typically would do in a normal year right now, uh, I have it brought down to about 8.75 million tons. Again, I'm trying to make this supply demand balance sheet work and it's quite a challenge. Uh, we're already crushing since the start of this marketing year at a pace to do nine and a half million tons. So some curtailment probably, you know, needs to occur uh, yet, even on the domestic crush side, which will continue to be the best buyer of canola for this year. Now, this formal staple relationship that I've used for years, looking at canola minus soybean futures, uh, and then, you know, converted into Canadian dollars per ton, uh, that relationship has operated within a range for decades now. This year has certainly been an anomaly and has created, in a sense, a, a decoupling of our canola price relationship with soybeans. And that's probably because we have so little for export right now, and most of it is staying within the domestic market for the crush. Uh, we're not competing in external markets. And that relationship between canola and soybeans has, like I say, been... Uh, decoupled in some respects because of that short crop we have here. Now, domestic vegetable oil, canola oil basis has, has stayed very strong. Uh, and that has been this partly this renewable diesel industry that isn't taking shape and the use of uh, vegetable oils into the energy sector, I think, is giving canola, at least canola oil, some very strong pricing relationships. He says we're going to see some bumps in the canola market, but added that we've seen it recover fairly quickly. His full presentation is available for participants in the Farm Forum. Mike Jubinville is a senior market analyst with Markets Farm.
For Golden West, I'm Glendalee Allen Bossler. Thanks, Glendalee. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. And if you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. On behalf of Glendalee Allen Bossler, I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network.